Thanks, Vic. Thank you, Vic. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hosanna. Hosanna. All right. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Vic, thank you for that introduction. I just even love that prayer, like Jesus enter in. And that's what we're celebrating today is the, the Jesus entering in, you know, welcoming him in. Um, that is what uh, Palm Sunday uh, is about. So let's, let's jump right in and, um, and talk about Palm Sunday. And today I want to talk about not just Palm Sunday, um, but Passover as well, and diving into some of the history. And I confess I'm taking you on a journey that I um, am still discovering. You know, I confess, I, I was actually just a you know, full confession. I was actually confessed to my sister, like, I thought Hosanna, I didn't even know, like, full confession, I thought Hosanna was like a name for Jesus. <laughs> like, who knows what Hosanna means? <laughs> yeah, see, I thought it was a name for Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody else raised their hand if they thought that that was like, not- <laughs> all right, well, full confession, I did. And as a, as I, you know, so like even diving into it even more, you know, I, growing up in the church, hearing the stories um, and, uh, you know, that about Palm Sunday, I realized I didn't really know. You know, I didn't really know. And so I'm going to just show you some of the things that um, God has been showing me. Um, and even, you know, as, uh, um, as uh, Priscilla has been talking about uh, the, the, the feasts of the Lord that are, that are on God's heart, um, they're important to him. And they should be important to us too. And uh, just gaining more revelation about uh, about Passover and understanding it better, which is a full confession, something I didn't really fully understand, and I'm still learning about. So, but I want to just give you a few nuggets that uh, that have been kind of passed down to me. So, um, but uh, so Palm Sunday. So we're arriving here at Palm Sunday, the first day of Holy Week. All right. And uh, Holy Week, we got the whole first week leading up until Jesus' resurrection, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, all right? And so it's our our remembrance of all the different events from Jesus entering into Jerusalem all the way way down. So we've got Palm Sunday, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday. If you you don't know what the day is going to be called, you can just throw holy in front of it, and it's going to be pretty accurate. So it's Holy Week, Holy Monday, Tuesday. Uh, They also call it Holy Wednesday or Spy Wednesday. That's when, um, that's the, the, where Judas... um, Agreed uh, to spy on Jesus for the uh, uh, for the uh, for the priests. Maundy Thursday—that's the commandment day that Jesus gives us this command, a mandate, uh, mandate to love one another as He has loved us, and to wash each other's feet, to serve each other. Good Friday, the the crucifixion of our Lord. Black Saturday, and then Sunday, Holy Sunday or Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Sunday. And that's what we're diving into. So we get to enter into the season of remembrance. Um, but also to, to look back at what was going on in that period um, and what was going on in the hearts of the early Christians and in Jesus and the disciples uh, that they would even be in Jerusalem at this time. And it was for Passover. And so we can really, really fully understand what's going on in the Holy Week if we know about Passover. All right. Um, so again, uh, we're starting here on Palm Sunday with the triumphal entry of Jesus uh, into Jerusalem. And let's just kind of read it. Actually, do I have our reader ready? <laughs> Matthew, Matthew 21, Isaac, if you can turn to, and if you guys turn with me to Matthew 21, we'll read about uh, the triumphal entry, which is what we're celebrating today on uh, um, Palm Sunday. 
multitudes that went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitudes said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Thank you, Isaac. Amen. All right, so the triumphal entry. Jesus, the people celebrating him as he's riding in, on a donkey, you know, we, I've read this, you know, reading this passage since you know uh, since I was young. Um, a couple of things that, like, obviously, I just never really dived into. I never really understood. And as I was thinking about it more, a lot of questions popped up to me. As soon as I realized, like, oh, I didn't really even understand what Hosanna meant. Do I even understand the rest of the passage? Like, what's going on here? As I thought about it more, it's like a donkey. Why is he riding a donkey? Like, I, if you could pick like a horse or a donkey, which one would you pick? A horse, right? A horse is like awesome. A horse is cool. Like why the donkey? And then like the the palm branches. What? Why palm branches? And so like a lot of these kind of questions kind of popped up in my head as I as I've kind of as the Lord humbled me it was like you didn't even know what Hosanna meant. I was like oh <laughs> I don't know what that is. I started to question everything. Question everything. It was like why why why? It was almost like a little kid like uh, I I don't know Vic if Asher is at that point where he's just like asking why 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 like. Oh, it's more no, no, no. Okay, not quite why, why, why. But yeah, the question is like, why? Why? Like, why are why all these things? Um, and so, as you know, let's, I don't know if any of you guys have had some of these questions too, but I think they're good ones to think about and to understand more fully what was going on, um, what the hopes of the, the people were, uh, and what the plan of God has been throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, and where the story um, of Passover uh, becomes the story of, of, uh, of Jesus. So yeah, why was why was Jesus in Jerusalem? Why are there crowds? Why the donkey? Why palm branches? Why are they crying Hosanna? Um, so to start with, uh, you know, there's this word that I've heard and, and have been thrown around. And I didn't fully understand, um, but you may hear it, uh, especially during the Lent season, and that's Pascha. Okay, and Pascha is uh, is the is the Greek, um, and it's derived from Aramaic and pronounced the same. But it's really has its roots in the Hebrew, which is uh, when you ask the Hebrew people what they're celebrating Passover. Passover is obviously English. They're really uh, celebrating is Pesach, or, or that's uh, the Hebrew for Passover. Right? So the root is from Passover, and that is what actually, if you went back into you know 100 or, or 200 A.D., the early church, you ask them about Easter, they wouldn't know what you're talking about, right? The the word Easter, but they would know the word Pasha. Okay, Pasha. And, uh, and it has its roots in Passover. And so to understand fully what's going on during this Easter season or Holy Week season, uh, we have to understand uh, Passover, all right? Um, and because those early Christian believers, you think about it, all of us, none of us here are, are ethnically Jew. I don't, Jewish, I don't think, you know, at least I'm not. We, my sister took a DNA test and unfortunately we're not. <laughs> She was very disappointed. I got her a DNA test like for Christmas. I don't know, it was probably like four or five years ago. And we were all hoping and praying. We we're like, 1%, 1%, 2%. Because there are some Chinese, just Chinese Jews. I don't know if you guys know Chinese uh, your history, but there's some Chinese Jews that have a little bit of blood. Yeah, so very rare. And we were hoping that we'd hit the lottery there, but we didn't. All right, so, but maybe some of us have a little percentage of Jewish blood. But back in the early church, a majority of them were ethnically Jewish and upheld the Torah and upheld Jewish uh, tradition, the Old Testament, and still and did not abandon that uh, after they, they became followers of Jesus. 
But like Jesus said, they, Jesus was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament law and prophets. The fulfillment of it finds itself in Jesus. And so all those early believers continued to celebrate Passover. All those early believers continued um, to, to recognize the importance of it. And I think it's valuable for us and important and essential for us to also do that as well. All right. So those earliest Christians, they didn't abandon their Jewishness when they became uh, followers of Jesus, all right? but they found its fulfillment in it. The image of, uh, of Passover, uh, the Lord's salvation coming out of Egypt, Jesus being the fulfillment of the Lord's salvation coming out of Egypt. All right. So let's dive into a little bit of Passover. I'm just going to uh, educate you based on my little education of it. And again, I am no expert at all, you know, on Passover, but I, I want us to, uh, as a leadership team, we want to continue to dive more into uh, the Old Testament feasts because they're important to God's heart. And again, they're important for us to understand what Jesus uh, is doing and how to fully see the beauty of what God's plan um, is. So, Passover is one of the three major biblical pilgrimage feasts. All right, so we've got Pesach, like we just, I'm going to try to say it in the Jewish way, but I'm probably butchering it. But Passover, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the next one. Shavuot. Okay, good. We'll go with Becca's pronunciation there. Uh, the Feast of Weeks, okay, and Sukkot, which is uh, the Festival of Booths. All right, so the three major biblical pilgrimage festivals. Uh, and I want to highlight that word pilgrimage. All right, we don't have, we don't, uh, has anybody ever been on a pilgrimage? For a couple of us, yeah. So pilgrimage to, to, to yeah, to Israel, all right, to, to Jerusalem, all right. But most of us probably, ha most people haven't. You know, it's not quite something that um, that we we kind of talk about in our religious, in in our modern Christian circles. But uh, but that pilgrimage, that idea that the full celebration of it is done at a location, or right, at a location. And that's what these festivals, all of them, were a pilgrimage festival to be celebrated in Jerusalem. All right. The only people that talk about pilgrimage, you, you hear some sports fans talk about pilgrimages to like this place. I want to go to this stadium. All right. Like this is where like I want to go to the horseshoe, like make a pilgrimage. They want to go to the place that has the center of what of what they're celebrating. And the same sort of way, these these biblical pilgrimage feasts, all these people would gather in Jerusalem if they could in order to celebrate the feast. And that's why there were so many crowds. All right, so when we talk about um, the, when we read about the, the triumphal entry, there's already a crowd there, all right? They weren't following Jesus from Galilee. They weren't following him from elsewhere. There's already a crowd there. You know, they're, they're, we don't know exactly how many people uh, were, were living in Jerusalem at the time. Uh, there's some estimates of 30,000 to 100,000, but the estimates is during the time of the Passover feast, that number would get up to in the million, all right? Think about how many people that is all of a sudden descending on. If you've been to Jerusalem, when I, the first time, the only time I've been to Jerusalem, I was shocked at how small it actually is. Like it's, it's actually fairly small when you look at it. Um, but all the Jewish people for these feasts would come together and, uh, at, at Jerusalem if they're able-bodied and, and could. Um, and so that is why those crowds were all there. The crowds that are waving the palm branches and singing Hosanna, there's a crowd there that's already gathered because of Passover, all right, because of Passover. And, uh, and what are they celebrating? It's, they're celebrating God's faithful deliverance during the Exodus, during the Exodus story. Uh, most of us know the Exodus story, but briefly, God delivering the Jewish people out of slavery, out of bondage in Egypt and delivering them. Um, and that, that's, all, that's, all, uh, that's all highlighted in, in the story of Exodus. And God uh, commands them to keep a remembrance of that, to never forget what I did, what I did the way that with, my, with a strong hand, outstretched arm, I delivered you uh, out of bondage. And so the Jewish people faithfully continued to remember that uh, with the celebration of Passover. All right. Um, and so diving into what they actually did during Passover, all right, there's a couple of highlights um, that at least that I was able to discover uh, through just a little bit of looking into it. But the kind of the highlights of what, what Passover celebration would entail 
is a, the first one is the sacrificial lamb. Right? The sacrificial lamb was, is, the, is the center of Passover. Uh, in, the, in the original Exodus story, the, the spirit, of, uh, the, the spirit of, uh, of God passed over houses that had the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. All right? and, and then it judged the Egyptian houses that didn't. The only ones that didn't get judged were the ones that uh, it passed over because of the blood of the lamb. And they continue to remember that by sacrificing a lamb at the temple. And you can see why that Passover is important for a pilgrimage, because how can you have the lamb if you don't sacrifice it at the temple? All right, so that, that was part of what Passover would mean, would be bringing a sacrificial lamb to the temple in Jerusalem. All right. There's a Passover Seder dinner. So then that same lamb that was sacrificed uh, would then become the meal. They would actually eat the body of the, of the, of the lamb. All right. And that, again, if you start to see the picture, that's the picture. That's the picture of the, of the Last Supper. That's the picture of Jesus, um, the fullness of it. Kamets is removing all, all leaven, removing uh, leaven from their bread, and that has to do with the, the speed at which they, they, they had to flee. But there's an idea of also removing uh, sin from our lives. And then the Haggadah is, is their recitation or the, 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 the way that they recite that story, that story of Passover uh, to their children. And then I want to also... Uh, Highlight the Hallel, which we'll talk about a little bit here. All right. But going back to Exodus, so the Paschal lamb, the sacrificial lamb, in Exodus 12, what, what God commands the, the Jewish people to do in the midst of this, this judgment against the Egyptians, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house in which, in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread, bitter herbs, they shall eat it. All right. And then the, the remembrance of it, the command to keep this feast, which is on God's heart, is handed down to the Jewish people in numbers. The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai on the first moon of the second year following the exodus from the land of Egypt, saying, let the Israelite people offer the Passover sacrifice at its set time. You shall offer it on the 14th day of this month at twilight at its set time. You shall offer it in accordance with all its rites and rules. All right. And what were the rules? The rules were the sacrificial lamb had to be a young male and without blemish. All right. Again, echo, echo. Every time we read some of these things in the Old Testament, think of the echo that Jesus promised. Everything points to me. It points to me. All right. So sacrificial lamb had to be a young male and without blemish. All right. And then the blood after it was sacrificed was collected in cups. It was collected in cups, and that blood was passed around to all the priests, and they sprinkled it on the altar. All right, another echo, another echo. Like that is the reflection. The, the blood was collected in the cups and passed around for the uh, um, for the washing uh, of the of the sprinkling on the altar. Okay, and then the lamb, the 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 meat that was left over, was then taken home by the family. It wasn't one to one person. One lamb was good enough for the whole family or even community if they couldn't afford it. All right, it was, that lamb was sufficient for everyone. All right. Uh, you didn't have to bring your own. It was either a family or a community if you couldn't afford it. So the blood and the body of that lamb was sufficient for, for everybody. All right. The lamb was then taken at home to be eaten by the family at the Seder dinner, that dinner of remembrance. All right. So again, you can start to see, wow, Passover, like all these different pieces of it reflected then in the fullness of Jesus that we know later here in this Holy Week. When we talk about the Last Supper, we talk about the crucifixion, uh, we talk about communion handed down at the Last Supper, all these things. Um, coming together from Passover. All right. So kind of, um, kind of uh, coming back to this Palm Sunday triumphal entry, when Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, tradition says that he entered uh, through the sheep gate. All right. The sheep gate is where the people would bring the sheep to be, to be inspected. Is it a young male without blemish? 
through the sheep gate, and then it would be inspected and then taken to the temple to be, to be sacrificed. That's the, te- that's the gate that Jesus is entering through. That's the gate that Jesus, the true Passover lamb, the, full tra- the, the fullness of this sacrificial lamb entered through this, this same sheep gate. All right? He's saying, I am this, the sacrificial lamb. I'm going to offer myself. Um, the Old Testament uh, says that the Messiah will come through the East Gate, and we've, some of us who have gone to, to Israel to, to be able to see Jerusalem, uh, what does the East Gate look like right now? It's sealed. It's sealed. It's sealed. It's locked up. All right. Uh, and, uh, and just like the hearts of the, you know, of the Jewish people without Jesus have locked that Messiah gate without accepting uh, yet, the, yet the fullness, but, but God has promised and Paul has written that the fullness will come through and they will open up the east gates of their heart one day. But I think the beauty of the triumphal entry, Jesus coming through the sheep gate, all right, coming through the sheep gate, showing the people that he is the, the, the fulfillment of this sacrificial lamb. All right, we're going to move on to the Haggadah that I mentioned briefly. So this is the, the telling. Haggadah just means thou shalt tell. And this is the retelling of the Exodus story. And thou shalt tell thy son in that day, it is because of that which the Lord did for me that I came forth out of Egypt. All right. Uh, and this is the, the recounting of this story by the Jewish people at the, the Passover dinner. They, they read the Exodus story to remember what God did for them. The, 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 um, one of the most ancient parts of the Haggadah, and the ending of the Haggadah is the reading of something called the Hallel. All right? And the Hallel is a song, it's a hymn. The Hallel is the Psalms, Psalms 113 through 118. So when you read that Psalm, you're actually joining in to what the Jewish people have been doing for thousands of years, which is reading this Psalm about the deliverance of God um, out of Egypt, out of Exodus. And that's why they read it. It's, it's about um, how God delivered them out of Egypt. But the beauty of uh, where it connects here to what we celebrate here on Palm Sunday is that, that's why they're singing Hosanna. That's why they're singing, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, all right? In fact, the Hallel is what is sung, uh, what, what was sung by Jesus at the Last Supper. So if we read in the Bible, uh, you know, you think about it, Jesus singing at dinner, like that's what he did at the Last Supper. He sang a song, and that's what the Bible says in Matthew 26, verse 30 in the ESV. You miss it if you just read the ESV, but when they had sung a hymn, then they went out to the Mount of Olives. All right, at the end of dinner, they sung a hymn. That was the Hallel. But the complete Jewish Bible translated this more directly. After singing the Hallel, they went out to the Mount of Olives. All right, so that's how they ended their Passover dinner, is singing this song. And what does that song say? Psalm 118, all right, the, end of, the end of the Hallel. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Messianic uh, believers have a, have a Jewish translation uh, that highlights where we, where we might not see where, the, where those, those crowds were singing this, but Hosanna, please, Adonai, save us now. We beseech you, Adonai, prosper us. Baruch Hashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of Adonai. We bless you from the house of the Lord. That's the last part of the Passover Seder. That's the last part of the Haggadah. And that is what the Jewish people were singing to Jesus as he entered in with the palm branches. That's why they were singing that. Jesus, they, they saw the fulfillment of all their hopes in the Passover and in the, the Haggadah in Jesus' triumphal entry, all right, and the Messiah. All right. And that's why they were singing this. All the Jews sing it during Passover, um, and even Jesus sang it as well, and he fulfilled it um, as well. So that, that cry, Hosanna, please deliver us. The same cry that the, Egyptian, that the Jewish people cried to God in Egypt when they were slaves, deliver us, deliver us, then recited in the Hallel, and also recited by the Jewish believers of the triumphal entry and still sung by us today. All right. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch Hashem Adonai. All right. 
So a lot of those questions then are, then are answered, and we can start to get a fuller picture of the beauty of the triumphal entry, what was really going on. The, that the people um, who have for thousands of years had sung this song, this psalm, you know, Hosanna, Baruch Hashem, Adonai, were singing it again at the top of their lungs. Imagine being a kid and every single year singing it. It's like these Christmas carols that you know by heart, and then you see the fulfillment of it walking, coming through, coming through, riding on a donkey. And you sing it to him, that the fulfillment of all these hopes for generations uh, in Passover fulfilled in, in Jesus. All right, so that's why Jesus was in Jerusalem, to celebrate Passover, to fulfill Passover. Why were there crowds? The crowds were the Jewish people fulfilling the commandment of God in Exodus to remember his faithfulness of the deliverance in Exodus, but also keeping a hope in the Psalm 118 that one day he would bring about the fullness of that deliverance, not just deliverance from, uh, from, for the Jewish people, but deliverance for all people. Why the donkey? That's another question I had. You know, why, why riding a donkey? Again, it's kind of cooler to ride a horse, right? So, uh, the donkey is a fulfillment of prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9, all right? and even Matthew directly, uh, uh, directly lists it right there. But rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. All right? That's the fulfillment of this prophecy. The Messiah is the messianic prophecy in Zechariah. That's close to the end of the, of the New Testament. All right? It's almost the last book of the New Testament. Um, but So this, this prophecy would have been on people's hearts to know, um, and they would have recognized him as fulfilling that prophecy at that time. And not only that prophecy, but in Genesis, even going back all the way to the beginning. So the beginning of the New Testament and the Old Testament both have this prophecy of this donkey that the Messiah will ride on. And when Jacob blesses his children, he blesses all 12 of his children. Uh, when he blesses Judah, the lion of Judah, he says in Genesis 49, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. He's talking about Jesus. Until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples, binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. The prophecies at the beginning, the prophecies at the end of the Old Testament all point to Jesus coming through on this day, this triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. He has the victory. He is the fulfilling Messiah. He's the fulfillment of Passover deliverance. There's another symbolic of donkeys that I didn't realize, and this is a really cool story in 1 Kings about Solomon. So you remember King Solomon is David's son, and he becomes king, but before he can become king, his brother, or, or half-brother, actually tries to steal the kingdom from him, Adonijah, tries to steal the kingdom. He gathers all these people, he says, I'm king, and David hears about it. David's aged and old at this point, but he hears about it, and then he gathers his people, and he gathers his close followers, the ones who are still following him, he pulls Solomon, and he says, anoint Solomon as king and put him on my donkey. Put him on my donkey. And, uh, and after he does that, uh, one of the people that, um, that Adonijah, the false king, talks to, he, Adonijah invites him in and says, come, like recognize me as king. And that person says, no. Why does he say no? He says, no, for our Lord David has made Solomon king. All right, And he has put him on the king's mule. He's put him on the king's mule. David made Solomon king by putting him on the mule. All right, And uh, and so that same sort of image, and so that Solomon actually takes over the kingdom without a battle, in peace. There's no fighting, there's no bloodshed. Adonijah flees and abdicates the throne. He actually goes and runs and, and holds onto the altar and says, please don't kill me. The false king and all the people, after they see Solomon riding on the king's mule, they turn from their false king and they worship the true king. They worship the true king, all right? There's a beauty in, in this peaceful king coming riding on a donkey. It's the peaceful king. And in Judges, all the peaceful judges during times not of war, they rode donkeys. 
They rode donkeys. They rode mules as those judges went around Israel, leading the people to righteousness. And during times of peace, they rode a donkey. And so that same image, Jesus coming into Jerusalem, not with violence like the disciples wanted, not with the sword, but with love, sacrifice. He came in as the peaceful king. All right. That's not what they were expecting. That's not what they were expecting. They wanted a righteous ruler that would come to, to throw down the, the Romans. All right? But Jesus came humbly, like the prophecy in Zechariah. He came riding a mule in peace. He came to be the sacrificial Passover lamb. That doesn't mean that, though, that they, were, they were wrong. They, they were right. The Old Testament does say that Jesus, the Messiah, will come to judge and to rule and to conquer. But not at that first one. The first one he came, that first coming, Jesus comes in, in humility but when he comes again, he's going to come not riding on a mule, but he's going to come riding on a war horse right, to judge and to rule. In Revelation, it says, John saw the, the second coming. And this time, Jesus is not coming uh, you know, as the Passover lamb. He's coming as the righteous king, the fullness of the Messiah. Then I saw the heavens open, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it, is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. All right. War. You know, war is actually where these palm branches came from. Right, the palm branches came from war. What, what it meant to the Jewish people was 200 years before, the Maccabees, uh, they uh, liberated the Jewish people uh, from oppressors. And when they liberated them, they took, they took palm branches and celebrated that, that, uh, that war victory by waving palm branches. It was kind of like their flag. So when they waved it, it was almost like the Jewish, like the Jewish flag. The, the, the war was fought and won. And in Jesus' time, that's what they're celebrating. Jesus, would, they thought he was coming through to be that Messiah, to fulfill those prophecies at that time. And he will. But they thought he was going to liberate them from the Romans. They're saying, deliver us, Hosanna, deliver us. Um, and he will. But the even more important is that he has delivered us from the bondage of sin. He has broken the power of death. That is the first and, and foremost deliverance. Um, so... That's where those palm branches come from. And that is what we celebrate today, all right? Again, remembering that all these different things, the donkey, the Passover lamb, the, the Seder dinner, the, um, the Hallel, that Hosanna, the palm branches, the donkey, all of it points to Jesus. It's pointed to Jesus. It's fulfilled in Jesus. All of that points to Jesus and is fulfilled in Jesus. And so as we celebrate this Palm Sunday, let's remember that. You know, this victory, when we shout Hosanna and raise these palm branches in victory, uh, what is Jesus giving us victory today over? The sin and the brokenness, the death in our lives, that which um, distracts, that which, which enslaves us, just like the Jews in Egypt. What has us enslaved that we can say, Hosanna, deliver us, deliver us. Have the victory in our hearts and our lives today. Hosanna. Baruch Hashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we can join in that excitement. Hosanna, let's shout it out. Hosanna. Hosanna. That he has entered in and not, and he's given it to us with, he's prepared everything for us. The Passover lamb. We don't have to bring our own lamb. He's, he is the lamb. He's done it. He has entered in, not with, not with war and violence. He has not put us to the sword, but he's come humbly, humbly to, say, to follow him. Called us humbly to follow him on the donkey. One day he will come on that war horse. He will, he will to make all things right. But as we remember today on Palm Sunday, that when he came in humbly through the sheep gate to offer himself as the, as the fulfillment, as that Paschal lamb, that his blood was shed and passed around in cups, that he passed around to his disciples, eat and drink of my, of my body and blood. And do this in remembrance of me. We can have victory. We can raise up our palm branches, say, Hosanna, blessed is the one who came, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that he would deliver us from our slavery of sin. All right. Amen. So I just want to spend some time, you know, praying. And I want to just take a look at your palm branch. 
Um, and maybe my sister could come up and <laughs> you can shake your palm branch too as you play the guitar. But um, that we just spend some time to, to focus on that, that victory, that victory, that travel entry, entering, Jesus entering into our hearts, entering in through that sheep gate, entering in through that east gate in our hearts. That east gate remembers that gate that the Messiah will come through. And right now in Jerusalem, it's boarded up, it's blocked up. So that's what I want to meditate on today first. All right. We were talking about meditation this past weekend in prayer. But to meditate, and not to move quickly from it, but to meditate on, first of all, what is our east gate in our hearts? What have we boarded off that we're not letting Jesus come through in? Right. You just take a minute and close your eyes with me and, um, as they play. And let's, let's come before the Lord here. This holy week, we're remembering all the different promises, the fulfillment that comes in Jesus, that we can have freedom. What have we boarded up in our hearts? What is the east gate of your heart?